Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 678. That's, sweetie, why is six afraid of seven? Seven, eight, nine. Because seven, eight, nine. Scary season, you know, or spooky season. And that's a spooky joke. (laughs) It's creepy. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll share some of the personal ongoings of our family. Our daughter loves Halloween, and we're doing a month of horror movies. We all, I love Halloween. What do you mean our daughter loves Halloween? Well, Skylar really, really loves it. I love Halloween, and yes, Skylar loves, she loves fall. She She loves loves the fall. So she loves all the aspects of fall, and one of the fun aspects of fall is Spooky season, which um, I have always been a fan of, and I love Halloween and getting dressed up, and I like scary movies, except I struggle because... So the other night we were watching, while you were gone, we were watching The Patient, so we're caught up on that show, so you got to catch up on your own. No problem. And The Patient is, it's this really creepy series that we're watching right now, and it's more psychological and just like what could happen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But we watched two episodes in a row, and I was like, okay, good night, everybody. And I went to bed, and I was super uncomfortable. I was like, I feel afraid, and I don't like that feeling, but I love watching the show. So I struggle with the idea that we're in spooky season now and our daughter, we have like all these horror movies that we're going to watch to like, you know, I'm putting this in air quotes, celebrate. Right. And I'm like, how am I going to like sleep? Yeah. Um, so I'm already going to hear some resistance uh-huh. from um, our listeners because I, uh, I understand why you're going to, why you all are going to be like, Todd, that's not a horror movie. Okay. So we all did our top five. Top 10. Top 10. And we cut it down to, I think, top five for each of us or something. I don't know. We did our top 10 horror movies. Horror movies. Yeah. And I know the... So we so we put them all on a hat. Yeah. And we're going to pull them out mm-hmm. once a day for 30 days. And I'm sure we'll miss a bunch of days. And we had a ton of overlap. Lots like of overlap. Like we all have like similar ones. But then there's some unique ones and Todd had a unique so one. So I pulled out a unique, unique one today. Mm-hmm. And it's... <laughs> I'm embarrassed to even say this. No Country for Old Men. Which is not a horror movie. It's like a suspense thriller, I guess. Right. And But it is it, the antagonist of the movie, the scary, the, the mean guy in the movie, let's say, is a guy named Anton, played by... Javier Bardem. And he just freaks me out. And I'm going to turn all the lights off tonight, I hope, if, okay. you're, if my family allows me to. Okay. And I, I think you guys are going to be scared. Maybe. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I've seen a million... Because here's the thing about Todd. Like, he talks about how this movie scares him, and it's the only thing that scared him. And then I'll, like, come into the family room, and he's, like, watching it. Of course. So you like like it. Maybe it just wakes you up, allows you to, like, feel things. Well, I I remember reading A New Earth way back when, and... Eckhart said, like, the reason people like to be scared is because it makes them feel alive. It's funny. uh, Mark Nepo in the Book of Awakening, it just so happened to be today, October 3rd. So people, if they have that book, you can read it. He talked about how our inability to look inside, Mm -hmm. that can sometimes cause us to watch things like where people are broken open, Mm -hmm. either physically, emotionally, like literally like horror movies where we see inside of people. Isn't that weird? Like it's like our inability to to tap into that, like what, you know, it it forces us into this like fictional world um, where we we experience, we look at violence and because we're not dealing with how we feel. Now, 
I have all sorts of views on that. Like we'd have to do a whole show to really like pull all that together. But I would say that it's very interesting, as you were talking about, Eckhart Tolle says, it's very interesting that our entertainment is watching people be killed. Right. Like Because we feel safe in a movie theater or in our home, yet we're observing something. Um, I just need to play a little clip from the coin toss scene from No Country for Old Man. For what? Just God. Well, we need to know what we're calling it for here. You need to call it. I can't call it for you. It wouldn't be fair. I didn't put nothing up. Yes, you did. You've been putting it up your whole life. You just didn't know it. You know what date is on this coin? No. 1958. It's been traveling 22 years to get here. And now it's here. And it's either heads or tails. And you have to cycle it. Well, look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything, call it. I don't like it. You don't like the fact that I played it that long or you just don't like that scene? Well, a little of both, but I'm not, I'm more focused on, I just don't like when it's such a power dynamic that I, I don't like it. I don't like that. He, exactly. Yeah, That's I the whole like point. And just by me. the way, we have all like the Halloween, uh, all Halloween and. Yeah. This is not a horror movie. Yeah, Todd, let's, let's Todd made a mistake. Clear. I didn't make a mistake. You No, you didn't make a mistake. You chose a movie that scared you, yes. but not a horror movie. Correct. Because like the first one we pulled out was Dr. Sleep. Yeah. And that was one that I put in there. And it's because I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. we can't watch Dr. Sleep until we watch The Shining. Right. So we're like, let's put that back in. And then we pulled out No Country for Old Men. Or no, no, we pulled out The Sixth Sense. That's right. And then everybody's like, no. I've seen it We've so seen many it. times. So then we pulled out this and... and it's more of a thriller. That's right. This is my new sound effect, sweetie. What does this mean? This is breaking news. Oh. I have a whole bunch of them. Oh, what what breaking news do we have? I can't wait. Um, Team Zen, we have five events in the month of October. Oh my gosh, we're so busy. We have a Zen talk today, which will be yesterday by the time you hear this. We have another Zen talk on October 19th. Uh-huh. We have a micro community of uh, for parents of differently wired kids. Uh-huh. Another micro community for parents struggling through separation, divorce, and then how la- do we say the word dealing? Dealing, yeah, because struggling sounds okay. Yeah, dealing, yeah. yeah, okay, they're much better. Yeah, and then finally, we're going to close out the month uh, with Dr. John Duffy and his Zen talk. So the only way to get access to any of this is to join the team. It costs twenty five bucks a month. If you're interested, um, just click on the link below. Join the team. Join the team. Um, okay, and then lastly, before we get into the guts, uh-huh. we're going to do your Zen parenting moment. But first, I'm going to play a little song. I've been swimming in a sea of anarchy. I've been living on coffee and nicotine. That is so, so when I write these unparenting moments, you know, I always look for a quote or a song lyric. Or I like it when you sound lyrics because it makes it easier for me to do this part of my job. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and and it's more like when I do a roomy quote, you know, people may have heard of it, but it's not too exciting to mm-hmm. people. And I know that like movie quotes and stuff are more fun, but I couldn't believe how 
perfectly this this lyric fit. And what I do right. is I'll write something and then I'll think about the words and like because my brain has so many song lyrics in it <laughs> that if I can like think about the words that I'm trying to focus on and then a song will come up. You know what I mean? Like let's play. Do you want to play that game right now? Sure. So. Imagine that I just wrote something about, so you could even, I don't know if closing your eyes helps, but imagine that I just wrote something about sitting outside on a park bench, it's sunny, um, and you are starting to feel more optimistic. Mm. Like what songs come into your mind? Well, it's a little too literal, but when you just said sitting Sitting outside. Sitting on the park bench. No, no. I was going to do sitting on, on the, the dock yeah. of the bay. So then if that song comes into your head, then I usually trust that. And yeah. so then I go read the all the lyrics. Yeah. Like, But sometimes it totally misses the boat. Mm-hmm. It's not what it's about. Like you said, it's too literal. Yeah. Um, but sometimes, so, so I wrote about the Four Noble Truths. Um, so for the last month, I've just been, you know, I did First Noble Truth, Second Noble Truth, Third, Fourth. And the Fourth Noble Truth is really questioning our reality. Like it's really saying it's this whole process of um, the eightfold path, which is a whole nother thing. I'm not going to write about that right now, Um, but of like questioning what's real and what's right for us. And also recognizing that understanding that perspective or that perspective shift can make your life feel more in alignment and it helps you develop a wise self. And so I was like, God, this, those lyrics are perfect for that whole understanding. So thanks to those who, um, read, um, re- just read overall the Zen parenting moments. I, and thanks for sharing in case you yeah. end up uh, being a sharer. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, and I just, uh, I just appreciate it. I get nice emails or just questions. It's not about compliments. It's just, I like when people ask me questions. So the fourth noble truth is a journey to end suffering. So the fourth noble truth is like the on-ramp to the eightfold path? Correct. It really just is the eightfold path. Uh, okay. So so can you go through all the noble truths? Do you have them written down? Um, or do you want... I don't. I can pull it up, but I have to pull up my email and it might take a minute. Oh, well, I don't need you to, um, to like read all of the... Of your stuff? Yeah. Okay, so I you was, just want me to read the Four Noble yeah, Truths. Yeah, exactly. I could do that. Okay. You don't even need to pay me. I'm glad because I don't, I don't want to pay you. Four Noble Truths up uh, here, blah, blah, blah. Oh, boy. Do, I'll, I'll do it. I'm on Wikipedia and it's yeah, giving me a lot it, of words. It gets messy. So um, the Four Noble Truths, and again, let's, let's talk about the fact that they are um, translated So people translate them differently. So like when I talked about the first noble truth, the first noble truth most of the time is translated as life is suffering. But um, a lot of people, which I think is a lot easier to take, is the truth of suffering. Mm -hmm. So that's the first noble truth. And then the second noble truth is the truth of the cause of suffering. Like why do we suffer? The third is the truth of the end of suffering, Mm. the fact that suffering can end. And the fourth is the truth of the path that leads to the end of suffering. So it's basically just three noble truths, and then we're going to give you eight steps on how to end your version of suffering. Exactly. And they are not steps that are linear. They're very similar to chakras to me. That's why I like talking about them. They're not linear. They're not ending. You know, they're not like, oh, now I can wrap this up. It's all done. They are a process and a way of living that allows us to question our reality, what we're thinking, who we are, and what feels right to us. Like the thing I, because they're actually, they're like, you know, they start with the word right, you know, right mind, that kind of thing. And, And the word right isn't like 
a political statement. It right means for you. Mm -hmm. Like what does right mean? It means, you know, Todd, when you do something and you're like, I know that was good for me. Mm. Like where even if somebody else is like, I don't do that or yeah. you shouldn't do that, you know it's good for you. Yeah. That's what right means yeah. when we're talking about Buddhism. So it's not correct. No. Or if it is correct, it's correct for the individual. Right. It's for the person who feels that rightness. Yeah. Like there are things I do that I don't even, I may talk about them just to like share my own personal experience, but I don't necessarily recommend them to other people because I know they're right for me. In the same way, we don't really like to give a lot of advice on this right. show because what we do for our kid on this Monday morning might be a terrible idea for you to do with your kid on your Monday morning. Or may not make sense right now because A, B, and C haven't happened before right. the thing happened. That's the thing that's interesting is wherever you catch somebody, like, you know, to Todd's point, if, if, if A, B, and C haven't happened, if communication hasn't occurred, if they don't have enough in their emotional bank account, if they don't, you know, recognize the behavior that you're displaying, then maybe being really open and vulnerable with them is not going to fly. Yeah. But if you've done A, B, and C, then your vulnerability actually creates connection. So that's why it's so difficult to give like, do this, then yeah. do this, because it's different for every person. So, every um... I think we uh, pressed stop on the record, so I don't even know if we've introduced uh, the Gottman thing oh, and what okay. we're talking about today. So right. let's let's go. Okay, so today we're going to talk about um, what's called bids for connection. And I was just saying to Todd that I'm going to do my best to get uh, John and Julie Gottman on our show. Um, I heard Dr. Um, Alexandra Solomon, who's a friend of ours, um, and actually we're posting our a interview week, with her next week. A week, week. from today. Yeah. So next week, our podcast is going to be actually the interview we did on her, podcast. on her podcast. And it's about our relationship, Todd and my, our history and everything. So it's all the little things, all the things we've never shared. So that's yeah. next week. But anyway, one of the things that John and Julie Gottman, first of all, they've been like working together as far as around love and couples and connection for like 42 years. Okay. Sweetie, we got a long ways to go. Well, and that's kind of, I mean, honestly, Todd, it's part of the reason, like, I want to meet these two people because I feel like it, it could be our future mm -hmm. and we don't do research like they do Thank and goodness. we are not them. Like, I'm not saying we are them. What I'm saying is it's fun to think about the fact that they have continued to do this work because I sometimes think we... We're like, well, if I'm not in the middle of it right now, or, you know. Doesn't necessarily mean that we're not going to be able to share something correct. of value. And, and I think our, our biggest skills are to be able to convey important information in an easy to digest way. Correct. And maybe the Gottmans do that. I'm not calling them out. But a lot of the people that are really smart and do research, it's really dry. Totally. And, and we try to like bring Sheryl Crow into it. <laughs> well, and and we bring Sheryl Crow into it not to be like cute, mm -hmm. but because Sheryl Crow's music plays a role. Yeah. Like it's all the same. Like to me, like the, it, just at the beginning, we were talking about horror movies. Yeah. What What is the meaning of horror movies? It's connected to our self-awareness or lack thereof. Yeah. It's connected to what, what brings us what do we consider entertainment mm. and why? Like there's meaning in everything we do. Yeah. Why do we like to escape? Yeah. And why what are, are we escaping, escaping from? And yeah. why can't we feel unless we're terrified? Yeah. And what that's, it's the same reason we go on roller coasters. Like we want to wake up. It scares us to death, yeah. but we want to wake up and we take these risks where at, to your point in a movie theater or in our house, when we're watching a horror movie, we are not taking a risk. Well, and for some reason we're, I just had a, a long uh, weekend with a bunch of men 
whom I love out in California. And we're t- one of the, a few of the guys have done silent retreats. And when they do that, um, you're not allowed to, when you're eating, you're eating with people, but not you talking. Talk, yeah. And then they like teach you how to like put your fork down in between bites, like taste the food. And it's just an idea of instead of escaping from the process of eating in the same way we escape from our, our, you know, daily lives through watching a horror movie, can we just sit in our life? Can mm. we sit in our ability to taste food? I rarely taste food. I'm usually eating it to move on to the next thing. Or it tastes so good, like yummy Chipotle. You know, some people who love a lot of like cooked, really good food. Like I love Chipotle. Chipotle's cooked, right. but it's just not cooked at our house. Yeah, right. So anyways, it's just... Um, do I slow down enough to to be here? That's all. Well, and you know, it's I thought you were going to speak about eating with other people in silence because one thing that's been interesting for me, my mom um, has dementia and I spend time with her every week, um, sometimes a few times a week. And depending on where she is that day, sometimes she's not really communicating. Mm-hmm. So we will drive in the car and not really talk mm-hmm. or I will sit with her and we won't really talk. And not, and not because there's lack of things to say, but that's not where she is. And she doesn't need it. So how good are you at accepting? Because there's, I think we've been spent, you've been spending your whole life when you eat with your mom, you have conversations. all the time, right. Now it's different. Right. At what level of acceptance? Because I would, I would guess that that's really challenging. Well, it's, you know, I mean, my sister and I talk about it a lot because in a way it is a weird relief to be with somebody and to not have to worry about that piece. Like my mom is not sitting there um, waiting for you to say something interesting. She just, it's the presence of, it's just being together. Mm -hmm. And um, so that social norm is kind of taken off the table. But depending on the mood I'm in, I mean, sometimes I just share with my mom, even if she's not in a the mood to talk back um, or is not capable of doing that because I just I like the normalcy Mm -hmm. of having a conversation with my mom and she's still there and she's listening Um, how she's processing it I don't know but um, I sometimes it's not I'm not I'm not quiet, not because I think I need to fill in the time, but because I actually like telling my mom a story about yeah. one of the girls or something, and, and I just enjoy that. But there's times, I mean, we sometimes will drive in the car for 20 minutes and mm-hmm. not say anything. But I always like putting on the Beatles when your mom's in the car. Yeah. I usually put on the 70s because she tends to know those songs. And so she um, she doesn't have as strong a reaction as she used to. She used to start dancing a little bit. Yeah. Remember? Well, she, and like there's times when we're in the car and one of the famous Beatles songs comes on and she goes from silence to singing. And right. I just feel like yeah. music has the special ability to penetrate through something that maybe everyday language doesn't have. Well, and I know that even without experiencing what she's experiencing, the amount... I was in the car yesterday and I've done everything for you by Rick Springfield came on. It's a really fast song. Mm -hmm. It's complex. When I say complex words, I don't mean like, I just mean it's fast. Mm -hmm. I knew every word to that song. I haven't heard I've done everything for you for years. So my brain has kept it somewhere and I knew every drum beat. I knew everything. And I think that song was popular in like 83. Okay. So my point is, is that that <laughs> good old Rick. Yeah. So that in 
oh, you know, I found out something about that. Oh, how great that I can, I can share this information. Please. Oh my God, this is so fun. After they played that song and I sang the whole thing, Sammy Hagar wrote that song. Oh, wow. And he gave it to Rick Springfield and it hit number one. And then Sammy Hagar said, sent him like, when it hit number one, like a bunch of flowers or champagne or whatever. And he wrote, you've done everything for me or something <laughs> funny like that. And then now they're in business and they sell tequila together. Oh, really? Or something like that. Well, like I've, some kind of alcohol. I've never understood that. Like Sammy Hagar writes a song in the same way that Prince wrote Nothing Compares to You. Yeah. And maybe he, I think he recorded it first and then Sinead. Sinead. Mm-hmm. Sinead, sorry. Uh, O'Connor. Or no, but you might be right. You yeah. might be right. Sinead O'Connor. Yeah. I just don't understand why artists will write a song and give it to somebody else. Is it because that they don't think they're they're built to perform it in the way somebody else might be able to do it more justice? Well, sometimes, like I'm thinking about a story like Avril Lavigne wrote Breakaway, mm-hmm. which is one of Kelly Clarkson's songs. And basically she created an album and Breakaway didn't fit on it. Mm-hmm. So she sold it. You know, it's kind of like it's it's another way they can make money. Like Got she's it. like, so, I've already written this song. So do you think Sammy sold it to Rick or gave it to Rick? Uh, probably sold it. I, I probably am. I don't know. Or maybe they said here, but I think the way royalties work, the writer gets most of the money. Right. And so they maybe like, they're like, yeah, go sing the song because yep. I'm going to get, yep. if it hits, I'm going to get something And I from think it. that's why when he's sending him flowers, he's not just like, good job with my song. He's like, this, both Thank of us you. just yeah, made that money. Was... One, I love learning about other people who wrote famous songs like Avril, or not Avril, um, uh, Pink wrote uh, Adam Lambert's song, um, What Do You Want From Me? Yeah. And when I hear that, first of all, I just love Adam Lambert. I don't know if anybody knows that, but I know it, sweetie. He's just one of my favorites. And when he sings that song, it's so, the, the lyrics are so something Pink would write. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It sounds like a Pink song. Yeah. What happened to this guy? Oh. What? Dude, he's the lead singer of Queen. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just remember him screaming a lot on American Idol. Oh, and at the end of that song, he just totally does the Adam Lambert thing. On uh, the end of this song? At the end of that song, yeah. It's like my favorite. I Listen. <laughs> oh, I love that song. I love him. So, yeah, he is... Todd, actually, one of the years that we went to Vegas, probably two years ago, we sometimes Todd and I just go and just see who's ever there. Sometimes we go for Backstreet Boys. We, we crush Gaga. Vegas. Yeah, we just... crush it. Um, but we got there. And when you go into the airport, I love going to the airport of Vegas because there's all these huge signs of who's playing that mm-hmm. week because there's always a big show. You know, there's like 50 of them. And Adam Lambert and Queen were going to be there the day after we left. I know. I was like, oh. Bummer trip, man. I know. So anyway. So we're um, The brain. I know, I know you always tell me the time, but it's okay. It's I, okay, babe. It's what okay. if somebody wants to hear about bids for connection? Though? I know. We're we're going to go there right now. Just so you know, I, I try my best to do timestamps. So if anybody is like, okay, Todd and Kathy, enough about Adam Lambert. You can scroll down and fast forward to that spot right. if you want. Right. But I think people really come here for the Adam Lambert content. I think some people come for both. I think, I think some people would rather we just talk about Adam Lambert and other yeah. people would rather that we Let's just talk that. about the Gottmans. He should have won American Idol. Who won instead? 
Was that that little Chris, guy? Well, he wasn't a little guy. He's he had one hit song. Archie. Oh, no, that of? was a different season. That oh. was when those were the two Davids. Oh. David Archuleta and David Cook. Oh. And David Cook won. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name was Chris something. Anyway, he was a country singer. Okay. Moving on. Bids for connection, the Gottmans, back to where we were before. Basically, I like, again, they have so much research that I'm just pulling this small piece out of it, but it's something that I really, I've, you know, read their work about it. And then they brought, you know, they talked about it on Allie's podcast, on Dr. Solomon's podcast. And I just really, I think if couples could understand what a bid for connection is, I think it could change their relationship. And and it's, you know, self-explanatory. Basically, I'll give you an example, Todd. If I'm standing at the door and I say, oh my gosh, that squirrel just took the, you know, peanut that you put out. Yeah. And that might sound random to people, but we really do put out. We've been feeding the squirrels, squirrels lately. <laughs> and you just don't respond. Yeah. And you just kind of walk by or you don't look yeah. or you don't acknowledge. Yeah. I am having a moment. It's not that I've thought deeply about it, but anytime I am saying something out loud to you, mm-hmm. It is a bid for connection. Do you need to run over and say, oh, where? Show me. That would be lovely. Just saying, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Is connective. Mm. It's like that is where I feel heard Mm -hmm. and I feel like what I'm saying matters to you. So it doesn't have to be like bids for connection don't necessitate this really deep, intense interest. Yeah. It's a, a way of acknowledging the person that is trying to say something to you. So in other words, and this is the first time I'm hearing of this. Sure. Um, it seems like what you're saying is uh, when you have an experience and you want to share it, your interpretation of it, your experience with it, the, and you say it out loud, that is the bid for a connection. So it's almost like, because I would think like bids for a connection are when you and I are sitting across the table from one another having a communication. Sure, that could be too. that could be too. Sure. But that's all, that's more like, of course, that's a bid for a connection. Whereas if I'm walking around the house and you say something and I ignore it, there's a, a sense of, um, there's a missed opportunity. I was going to say rejection, a missed opportunity Both. for a connection. And I think you saying rejection is important because it can feel like one, yeah. even if it's not. So just to like read what the Gottmans wrote so we can just use their research, because again, all of this is research too. Like the cool thing about the Gottman Institute and John and Julie Gottman who have done all this work is they've worked with thousands and thousands of couples and they can sit with a couple and be with them for like a short period of time and know if their marriage is going to work yeah, just based on their research. And it's based on things about how they speak to each other, these bids for connection, these, um, these way, are they like cynical about the relationship? Like they have all these things that they have recognized demonstrate whether or not this marriage is going to be healthy. Yeah. So bids for connection, a bid is any attempt from one partner to another for attention affirmation, affection, or any other positive connection. Bids show up in simple ways like a smile or wink or more complex ways like a request for advice or help. So sometimes like (laughs) Todd just told me last week, he's been winking at people lately. How's that going? I don't know, man. I was at this work thing for three days and I see all these people (laughs) that I know. Yeah. And I don't want to stop and say hi to them because there's so many, I've been doing this for 28 years. I know most of the people. Uh huh. So I'm like, I'm never going to get through this hallway. So instead <laughs> I just walk through it and I give them this like little wink 
which I guess is a bid for connection, but it's, but I don't want to stop and talk to you. I just want to (laughs) say to you, I see you, I know you, you're a friend, but I'm going to keep walking so I don't have to stop and talk to you. I thought of a really funny example of a rejected bid for connection. Wait, before you do that, maybe we should work on it. Maybe you should do like, you know, finger guns. Yeah. Like, psh, psh, you yeah. know, like, hey. Give them the guns. Or do like this with your eyes. Yeah. Like, you know, hey, I see you or something like that. <laughs> I maybe think should... I might start giving people the guns. I think it. <laughs> and I think you should um, just next conference try another thing out. Uh, that's a good idea. See if you can see what really. Uh, what about a thumbs up? <laughs> thumbs up. Do the click. With a click. <laughs> they walk by. Of- or pats on the back when people go by, just like... I love it. I, I love know. It. I'm going to do that. You should try anything. Or just start like walking backwards. Just do crazy stuff. You ready for my story? Yeah, let's hear it. So uh, I don't know how old I would have been. I was probably like 16 or 17 years old. Uh-huh. And I was at my buddy... I just told you the story that I think you enjoyed. I was at my buddy's summer house. Uh-huh. And we were sleeping in at my buddy's summer oh, house. Yeah. And uh, his mom... Um, my friend Marty, his mom, she she was the owner of the house along with her husband. And we were sleeping in and it was a beautiful day in the middle of Wisconsin at this beautiful place. And it was 80 degrees and it was like 1130 in the morning. Yeah, get up. It's time to get up. Yeah. And we kept ignoring her request yeah. and she kept on saying... You know, Marty, in an hour, the sailboat races are going to come, uh, are going to show up. Yeah. And then like, uh, Marty, the sailboat races are in about five minutes. And like, we literally were not even acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. And then like 20 minutes in, she's like, Marty, the sailboat races have already <laughs> begun. And finally, Marty's like, mom, nobody <laughs> wants to see the sailboat races. And I felt really bad for yeah, Mrs. Healy. She was trying to get you up. While at the same time, I thought it was hilarious. And But by the way, Mrs. Healy, who I love, um, sailboat races does not sound like a fun thing to watch. I know. And this is what we I, do as adults. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Is we? It's like me saying to the girls, girls, come see the birds on the bird feeder. Yeah. And they don't care. <laughs> like, and, yeah, a bird is eating food yeah, that you provide. They're like, mom, that's what birds do. Yeah. You know, And they don't say that. But I think in their minds, they're like, yeah. Or I'm like, oh my gosh, a squirrel was right here and a bunny was right here, which they are. Like, they just come up on our patio and the girls are like, great. You're putting food all around you. This is not a shocking thing. I've been known to throw an avocado out there every I, now I know, and again. And he's been throwing it out whole. Yeah. I'm like, way to make them work. They can they can chew through our garbage can. I know. They can get through the skin of an avocado. I know. Well, my it's funny because I the first thing I thought of when you said that is when I would drive, when we'd be like driving somewhere in the Midwest and my dad, and I wore earphones all the time, you know, not surprising. I was always listening to music and my dad would always say, Kathy, look at the corn. Mm-hmm. Isn't the corn beautiful? Look mm-hmm. at the corn. And I I was like, I have grown up around corn. Yeah. I see corn. There was corn down my street. Right. There was corn everywhere. But I will say, I do find corn beautiful now. Yeah. Like when I, I, you know, like pictures that I have that are most important to me have corn in them. Like it's just where you grow up. It's mm-hmm. I grew up in DeKalb and that was a big symbol and it was everywhere. So it's like, I think as adults, we have a better well-rounded view of what beauty really means. Yeah. And watching sailboat races on an 80 degree day in Wisconsin, it's like, it's unmissable. Yeah. You can't miss the sailboat races. Yeah. I got one other example okay, for you. Okay, let's hear it. 
Oh, it's bad audio. Oh. It was when Clark W. Griswold is <laughs> saying we got to go 80 miles out of the way to go see the House of Mud. The House of Mud. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, there's there's a little bit of a line there because there's nothing beautiful about that. He just thinks it's fun and interesting. And then he's like, um, and then he talks, I'm just, I just interrupted you, but he talks about going up on the, the St. Louis Arch. Yeah. And like, wow, Dad, can we go up on it? No. No. So they'll go to the House of Mud, but they won't go up the St. Louis Arch. Well, and I think that one thing that's difficult for teens, and and let's so let's just talk about this as far as us as adults. We have to take ownership of the fact that we are interested and we want our kids to do it. Mm -hmm. Because when we start to get the idea of I'm doing this for you, kids, I need you to see this, there's a lack of self-awareness in that... You know, kids are like, that's not interesting to me. And you're forcing this on me. And then we as parents get mad that they're not interested. When in fact, all we have to do is own it, watch the sailboat race. Yes. And whether or not they come. And by the way, I'm so guilty of this. I know you have it a little more than I do. I have to say like you really, I have it Right. (laughs) like, but I kind of feel like you're more adamant. And I think it'll deepen my experience, which I think is a little unconscious. Like why would other people who I love appreciating this enhance my experience? Why don't I just experience the squirrels eating the avocado? Well, I can answer that question very easily. Two reasons. Connection, because connection enhances everything and you feel seen. Yeah. Like if you are like, this is good to me Mm -hmm. and you bring, you invite bit for connection, your children in and they're like, oh, this is cool, dad. Not only do you feel connected, but then you feel like they understand you better. And also like, wow, isn't dad Cool. Yeah. Like an inflated (laughs) sense of self. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, and again, that, that hinges on like that there's something negative about it Mm -hmm. or that it's like, there's this really fine line between have some self-awareness about the fact that you want this and this is not necessarily what your kids want or what they're interested in. And at the same time, you're not a bad person for wanting. I think the, the fine line is as a parent, don't, if you can be aware that it's you that like it yeah, and that you're just offering it, if they take your bid for connection, it feels good. But being angry at them or saying things like, you guys just don't appreciate good things or you guys don't know what it means to you know, live in this country. Yeah. Or you, these like grand statements that we put on kids where what they're interested in is so different than what our age is interested in. You know what's interesting is um, if I have a new song that I want to share with mm-hmm. you, I can either listen to it by myself or I can listen to it with you. And it is a deeper experience to listen to it with somebody I love. In the same way, watching a movie, like I can watch a movie alone. I know sometimes some of us want to watch a movie alone, Mm -hmm. but it's more fun for me to watch it in community, right? Totally. And and why I, I, I believe it. And is it just because we're wired as human beings to want to connect? Well, I think it's the the things I just said, and both of them have many layers below them. Like yeah. there's so many reasons. Like, you know, I think part of it is the experience is better when you're, when someone's having it with you. And when there's something that makes you really happy or excited, it's fun when someone else is happy or excited. Like these are the things we bond over, especially when we're young. Mm-hmm. Like what, you know, as a teenager, as a young person, you're like, if you like a certain band and somebody else likes the band, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, we get it, right. you know? And then we listen to the music together or, you know, the people who love horror movies and they're like, I still bond with people over those things because I remember when we 
Mercedes was on our show and she loves horror movies and I do too. And it's kind of one of those, I don't know if I'd call it a quirky thing or just something where people may not understand why we do and that's okay. But we have an understanding of what it taps into for us. And, you know, it's just, I just think it's, and and then when someone, when, if I play, like, I remember uh, something that the girls, cause I am like annoying when it comes to pop culture stuff and i know it bites your tongue it's because it's it as people say it resides in my brain i've got all of this information and if a song comes on or if a movie comes out i just have all this information about the director about the actors about who's been married who's been and i can't help it's like a i just need everybody to know now i don't do that to everybody what was the one (laughs) A few weeks ago, we were watching that terrible show called The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Uh, yeah. And you came out with a zinger. <laughs> you said something like, who was... That was, that was a dumb one. It was a dumb one. So this is like the lowest, the worst offering you've ever <laughs> and, had. And it's all this, also the way I shared it yeah. was so anticlimactic. What, what did you say? I said, okay, so the guy who Rachel ended up with, his name was Tino. And he's like this real, like, he's got short hair and he's like really clean cut and everything. <laughs> I said, you guys, I found something out about Tino. And you guys were like, what? And I said, he used to have long hair. And Cameron just jumped all over that like, oh. Oh, great. Thank we're, you. Thank you for that. And it just, the delivery. Not sure what I would have done without that information. <laughs> the delivery was really bad. You know, he okay. used to have long <laughs> nobody cared and it was dumb like that's the thing is sometimes but even that dumb information i'm like people may want to hear this but sometimes i think some of the things that okay first of all i will say that all three of my children love their own version of loving pop culture it's not that they love everything todd and i like but they're very attuned to pop culture and i think that has to do with you and i spouting things our whole life about pop culture and and having them watch movies and listening to music our music and theirs you know what i mean and that's what i was going to share is that one thing that i think they really enjoyed was we were listening to that one direction song um i think it was best night ever and the intro to it is exactly the same as baba o'reilly oh yeah and i and when the song started this was years ago i was like oh this is a familiar beginning. And then I played the Who song and they were like, oh my God. It's like, and so it was one of those moments of demonstrating like everything is a cycle and people are reusing people's sounds. And so now they kind of, I don't know if they would like sit there and say something important mom taught me. Yeah. But they, those kind of things are fun. Is this the song? Oh. oh. You're making their new movie? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if so, they gave who any money for that one. Well, you know, music is weird because yeah. is can't you borrow sound? Like, aren't people always riffing off of other people's sounds? It's just like literature. Yeah. It's just like movie making. People will say, I was completely influenced by Tarantino. I was influenced by, you know, Kubrick. I was in. So it's like, are you stealing? Or and then are you are you being inspired? Are you being by inspired it? by? And then there's all these lawsuits. Yeah. Like Ed Sheeran is being sued for all this money for one of his songs right now. And these are these things are always going on. Who's so, suing him? Do you know? Uh, Didn't he and Tom Petty have something going on? Tom Petty sued someone. I don't know. It was Ed Sheeran? Yeah, like, was he it sued that? somebody, but it was yeah. Uh, so it's this very strange line that honestly, that's something that I read about these suits, but I don't understand. I don't know enough about the music industry yeah. to know what's stolen. Well, and the bottom line is like a judge who has no musical talent, 
is supposed to figure out whether or not it it's just a weird thing. Well, I think it's always about had you had heard had you heard this before. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, is this story? And this happens with movies too. Mm-hmm. You know, a movie. I was just watching to uh, the HBO thing about movies that made us. Yeah. And they were talking about coming to America. Yeah. And you know, coming to America, Eddie Murphy wrote it. You know, all these people jumped on board, and then after it came out and made a ton of money, some guy was like, "That's my life story. Mm. I'm a prince, and this is what I did." Oh wow! And so you have to then prove that you had not seen that before yeah. and that you had not heard that. There's something the about Marvin Gaye too. Some yeah. of his songs have been... Anyway, so that's the pop culture piece that I'm annoying about. Can I ask a question about yeah, bids, for bids for Connection? Bids for Connection. You talked about like a smile. Yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. A smile is a bid for connection. Yeah. A request for advice is a, a much more direct. Yeah. What are some of the other things that you said about well, it? Well, like, for example, I will I will share some of my bids for connection, and then maybe you can share some of yours. Like, mm-hmm. because in, I know... Other than my wink? Right. <laughs> your wink and your... <laughs> and the guns and, and the, the thumbs guns up. And the guns and the clicking. Um, I... I tend to uh, send people texts. Mm. So like I will find something that I think someone would be interested in, either a story or a quote or a funny thing. And then I will send it to a group like, you know, you, Chris Manisha, and I have one and then I have one with my family and then a Wordle one and then my college friends. And I tend to send things and that's my bid for connection. And a lot of times, depending on the group, nobody ever responds to me. So we need to pause there for a second. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, here we go. I'm already going to say I'm wrong. Okay? okay. Okay. But unless somebody says, what do you think of this? I, I, I am not predisposed to respond to it. Okay. So I don't really see it as a bid for connection. I see it as, look at this funny thing. And, but I can understand why you'd be like, hey, guys, I've, I've sent you four funny things and nobody's even bothering with a thumbs Look up. Look through some of our text exchanges with people and it's just me, 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 yes, me, me, I me, know. me, me, me. And, and again, I understand what you're saying. And in no way am I saying you guys need to do this or yeah. I don't feel seen. I'm, I'm fine. I'm not upset, but those are bids for connection. So if you are not going to put a like on it or a heart or send something funny to me a few days later, it doesn't have to be instantly, then then someone's not seeing what I'm sending. Because I, I mean, you know, again, I think I'm sending funny things. Like I'm not sending crap. Mm -hmm. I'm sending like, oh my God, look at this, you guys. This is what we were talking about. Or here's this song that just came. Like I'm not what I'm saying, I'm not just like putting a picture of Elvis and yeah. saying, Hey, like, well, and you have said, and this is to your, to help you prove your point. Yeah. You have said sometimes to me, Chris and Manisha, is anybody out there? <laughs> and that helps me understand you better. Yeah. Like, Oh, she wants me to say, thank you for sending, do a ha ha emoji, right. whatever. And I, that's the thing that's weird about bids for connection is I'm not looking for gratitude. Yeah. I'm not looking for pat me on the back. I'm not looking for, Oh, I'm so grateful for you. A bid for connection means we are connecting, mm-hmm. which means, like you said, it could be a ha-ha. It could be a few days later sending something back that's similar. Are you thinking of me yeah. the way I'm thinking of you? Yeah. And and I do it in the family, too. Like today, I've already sent three texts in our family chain. And I don't need response all the time. Right. Like that's the thing, too, about bids for connection is like, I don't know what the stat is that the Gottmans have come up with, but, you know, maybe... 
three out of five. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're going to miss certain ones because we're we're busy people and we can't always respond to every dumb text. So I sent a text to the family this morning. I said, we're starting off our October, October horror movie watching series. JC responded, say, uh-oh. Ugh, she put ugh Ugh-oh. <laughs> And then you responded with the scary guy. So that tells me that you do the things that you want Oh, for sure. If you look through our text exchange, Todd, you will send me something and then I'll send a picture. And my my college girlfriends kind of make fun of me with the GIF emojis because I'm like so all over them. Um, like I, if someone says something, that's the way my brain works. I see a picture in my mind and then I want to send it. So I, this is the thing is people don't need to do what I do. Like asking people, like sometimes we walk through the world and we're just like, I wish there was an, you know, I've said this to you before. I wish there was another one of me that I could connect with. Sweetie, what about this one? (laughs) Um, Nobody's, nobody's watching on Zoom. Well, just read it. Well, there's this picture of this little black frog little black frog and he's native or she is native to the coast of south africa black rain frogs are known for their perpetual grimace and it's just this little teeny black frog and his mouth is turned down and he's so cute he's like the cutest thing ever the cutest thing and i said i want him and you said and what's funny is because i know that you like and i was at the airport yesterday and i didn't really have much to share but i gave a heart yeah does that heart thing help well Yes. I mean, and again, I wasn't like, oh, yay, I got a heart. It just is like, I know you get it. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Like, texts are one thing. I know you do Marco Polos with people. Some I, people. I just noticed that my sister has like six in a row and I haven't responded. Right. So I responded back to, because I was at a a fun weekend where I wasn't checking Marco Polo. So I, I do understand how that could be really off-putting to people. Well, it's like anything in the world. Like we can't walk through the world and expect everybody to acknowledge us at every turn. It's not, it's not about us. We are a piece of a bigger puzzle and we are not the center of the universe. This is what we learn after being teenagers. But with the people we love most... The three out of five bids for connection, if it be watch my Marco Polo or, you know, put a heart on my text or when I go by you and do my guns, <laughs> like have, do them back or yeah. something like this is, you know, what the Gottmans always talk about is, uh, so I'll just share a story that John Gottman told because, you know, we'll bring them into it. He was saying that his daughter, he was with his uh, wife and daughter and he was reading a book he loved and he had just sat down and relaxed and he was reading a book. And his daughter was like, hey, I want you guys to see my garden. And he was really into his book. And he's like, eh. And his and Julie went with the daughter and looked at the garden. And he just kept reading his book. And he felt very justified satisfied, in doing that, yeah. satisfied. He's like, that's what I want to do. And that night for dinner, she had all sorts, she had taken all sorts of food from her garden. Mm. And it was part of their dinner. And he said, he woke up the next morning and he thought, God, like, why didn't I just yeah. walk over yeah, and look at jerk? the garden? Yeah. Because then during dinner, I could have said, mm-hmm. are these the tomatoes that mm-hmm. you were showing me? Like, why do we avoid bids for connection? Like, um, that's a question too. I just thought of a um, wonderful example of disconnection. Okay, let's hear it. And I'm sure it happens to us all the time. But if you like, you know, like... I, through the lens of that story you just told, what if John Gottman said something like, and he's eating the tomatoes and the cucumbers, <laughs> like, oh my God, these are so good. Where'd these come from? Or something right. like that. If you if you like say, um, hey, Todd, you should read this book. And then my buddy's like, hey, Todd, you should read this book. Oh, we did that with, um, there was a show um, that you wanted Mayor me to- Mayor of Easttown. Mayor of Easttown. <laughs> and, and the girls 
caught it so because okay what is one of my bids for connection pop culture i tell people here's a new song here's a show i like here's a movie that i think would be really i just told you about one this weekend that i don't know if you'll ever watch it but i'm telling you it's good which one it's called um, good luck leo grande and it's emma thompson and this kid who's like amazing and it's so deep and it's so good because i don't usually i don't see a lot of new movies that i love i tried watching bridgerton this weekend because my daughter wanted me to and i was like eh like and this movie I loved. Mm-hmm. So okay, Bridgerton fans, don't worry. I'll keep going. But I just wasn't that into it. So um what was I saying? I got lost Mar- in Mar- my- Oh, Mayor of Easttown, that was it. So I had been telling Todd about this show because it's amazing. Those of you who have seen it, you know it's Kate Winslet and you know, she won and Evan Peters and they won Emmys for it and everything. And then you we were eating out somewhere and you said Has anybody ever heard of this show? <laughs> And it was like a month later. Yeah. And I forgot, I totally forgot that you guys told me about it. But one of my buddies is like, hey, you should check this out. And I remember you guys telling me about the show, uh-huh. but the name of it didn't really. Right. It didn't register. Didn't register. And But the minute I said that, I was. Well, I think one of the girls was like, dad, mom's been telling you yeah. about this for like weeks. Yeah. And so there's a perfect example of a bid for connection. The the thing I want to say to everybody is when I'm saying this, especially if you, you know, one of you is like the person who's like, watch this movie, watch this show. We can't watch everything our partners want us to watch or that our kids want us to watch. Like not everything can be acknowledged in the way that people want it to be acknowledged. But can you acknowledge that someone's offering you something? Yeah. Like, you know, Todd hasn't watched Mayor of Easttown and that's fine. I don't really care. But do you understand there's part of it that I think when we're sharing something with someone, we're sharing a part of ourselves. There is something in, like, I know when you watch, um, you know, if you watch that Emma Thompson movie, the mm-hmm. Leo Grande movie, it's not the, it's not like, it's a pretty sexual movie. It's yeah. not like, but there's something in it about men mm. and women and aging and misogyny and shame mm. and growth. Things that you and I talk about all the time that I think... I'm not just saying it to you because it's a good show and I want you to watch it. I know you'll find something in it. I feel like you and I came up with a system that we have since forgotten. And oh. It was like a four-star system. And oh. if there's a podcast, because you- Podcast we, too. We refer podcasts to each other all, all the, the time. time. And most of them just kind of come and go yeah. and we don't really do anything. And I think I, I, I thought there was a time when I'm like, if there's like a four, like if it's mm-hmm. like, hey, kind of stop what you're doing and yeah. listen to this. Um, and it's almost like um, just giving me a sense of how important this might be for me to listen to it. Um, and that was helpful, but we have since forgotten about that system. Well, I will say, and I don't know if I'm at 100%, I may be more at 95 or 90, but if you text me a podcast, mm-hmm. I'll listen to yeah. it. Like, because it's on my phone. It's so yeah. easy. Yeah. Like you've literally texted to me. All I need to do is play it. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I don't get all the way through it for whatever reason. But if you text me something, I know it's important yeah. to you. Um, so um, I have one quick example, and I don't think this is a bid for connection, okay. but I'm going to say it anyways. I love waving people on in traffic. Sure. At, but I don't really, I guess it's a bid for connection, but it's just one of the easiest things to do as a human being is like just wave somebody on. Um, you know, it's a four-way stop and you both showed up at the same time and you don't know whose turn it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I always do. I'm also a really aggressive driver and sometimes I cut in and merge lanes and do really um, unfriendly things. Uh, but is it... I know. The, You've done some shoulder driving in your day. Yeah. Yeah. 
you're an excellent driver. So zero, I'm not throwing shade about your driving. You're a really good driver. But there are times it's this thing of like, I can get here in a faster way. Yeah. Well, and there's also, you know, the whole two lanes merging into one. Totes. Yeah. There is scientific evidence right. that totally. says it is best to cruise as far as you can. You know where this is definitely in play huh. is now they did uh, 290 if you're getting off on um, North Avenue. Yeah. They have completely changed it where instead of having to merge in, there are two lanes. Yeah. But people are so used to used to the one lane yeah. that no one's using you that lane. And so when I use it, people sometimes don't want to let me in yeah. because they're like, like you I went ahead know. of us. This is two lanes. I'm like, they, they made this for us. This everybody. is for us. This is for us. Um, how do, if uh, there's a mom or a dad or a kid or a grandparent listening, how do we use this idea? I think two things. I think number one, realizing that in the long term, it's so much easier to accept a bid for connection than to push it away, mm -hmm. that we do so much for our relationship. You know, if you want to change one thing, if you're like, okay, I'm in this marriage or in this partnership, or even with my teen or yeah. my kid, and I want, I wish I could just do one thing this week that's different. Notice their bids for connection. Mm. Like a kid who's like, mom, Look at what I did. Now, believe me, I have three children. I know that many of you will be like, well, then I'm going to be turning my head every two seconds. Especially if they have younger children. Right. But you can, a few of the, a few of the a hundred times that they say it, pay closer attention. Yeah. Because a lot of Pick times spots. the reason kids say, look, 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 is because they know you're not really looking. Yeah. So they're trying to, so what if you engage them? significantly in one of those bids for connection, they may not then call your name 15 more times. Well, and I'll say to the parents out there that have younger kids, and I know how annoying it can be when your kid says it 45 times in an hour, uh -huh. but parents, you're probably going to get to the point where I am, where I just got home from a long four-day weekend. I checked in with my daughters. They're doing great. And they're just so independent. They're not as predisposed to say, dad, look what I did. So mm -hmm. I'm just trying to give the younger parents out there a sense of, I know it's hard, but there, there'll probably be a point where they are not as willing to do that. So Well, and let me frame that with, because a lot of times then we're like, oh, those teenagers, they're not going to tell me about their life. It's that they've moved on. Yeah. Like I, t I Marco polled you at one point during the weekend, because I was like, this is going to get lost unless yeah, I tell you right, now. Yeah. So follow through on this. Um, and when I say I wasn't giving him direction, but I was saying, I thought you'd want to know For this. Sure, yeah. And cause I knew you're going to come home and we're going to be two days past this. Yeah. The thing is, is if you go away for those of you who travel or for those of you who, you know, you go away as we all do, when you come back, people don't want to regurgitate their whole four mm. days. I don't want to yeah. for Todd. Like I, that's a lot of work. And sometimes I'll share the basics, but it's like, I'm already on Monday. Yeah. I don't want to go back to Friday. Right. Like I'm, and I think our older kids are like that too. Yeah. So it's not that they're trying to keep information from you. It's that they've already, they're already thinking about their tests today. Sure. So they're like, Saturday, it was fine. Mm -hmm. When really a lot happened. Yeah. A lot of things happened. And the parent who was here kind of knows that. But another thing I'll say is that, so let's take it off of kids and talk about, because really what the Gottmans talk about are romantic relationships, couples, is notice when, notice or maybe ask what the bids are con of connection are. And I've been very clear about mine. I, I send texts, I share movies or shows. I, um, you know, I, I'm pretty touchy, you know what I mean? Like I just touch Todd on the back or, you know, come up and physical say touch. physical touch, mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, but those are my way, my natural way of, of a bid for connection. And if I come up to him in the office and I put my hand on his back and he keeps typing, mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, bye. And not in a mad way, but it's like, I'm, I'm, and, and again, this is so touchy. It's so nuanced because he might be busy. Like if I was writing and he was like touching me and I was like, hold on, I'm writing. Like, I know there's lines in here that we have to find, but really in the big picture, it's just so much easier to, if you love somebody. Set them free. <laughs> um, I have three examples of, uh, I guess one for each of my daughters. Okay. Um, JC's at school. Right. She's at college. So about once a day, maybe maybe like five out of the seven days, not every day, I just, um, I actually just shoot her a text and I say, I love Birdie. She's, uh-huh. That's my nickname for her. And that's it. And then sometimes she replies back, sometimes she doesn't. But I feel really disconnected from her because she lives in a different state. Cameron, I'll almost every night knock on her door. <laughs> God bless this kid. It's not always a welcome knock. She'll, what's bummer is she, sometimes she's like, come in. Um, but other times she'll answer the door, yeah. like not even open it all the way because she knows I just want a quick hug or a quick peck on the cheek. And she doesn't want you to come in. No, she. that is her space and especially at that time but you're sometimes you oh i i know will push his yeah, way push, in and i'll just ask and then we, really annoying open-ended questions that she has no interest in answering and then we'll all go in and get on the bed yeah, and some, she's like oh my god get yeah, out sometimes it does not land so well sometimes it's funny it's from and then uh skylar just seems um you know i check in with her before but so i guess you know, and we like to be awake when they wake up in the morning. Of course. I would love to sleep in. These two kids are more than capable of managing their mornings, but that doesn't sound like a good morning to me. Well, and I think this is like, you know, there's just different stages of parenting. There's people who are listening to this show who have really young kids. So some of the things we suggest feel really daunting because they're like, oh my God, I have like 15 more years of this. Yeah. For those of us who have older kids, we recognize, I think, um, if we didn't the whole time, how fleeting it is, and that I'm not getting up in the morning because I feel obligated. I'm getting up in the morning because the mornings are limited, and I don't feel put out. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is me seeing my kids off to school. Why do I like being here at three, which I know not everybody can, Um, because I like seeing them when they come home from school. These are like, you know, sometimes they're forced choices, and and sometimes it's just an acknowledgement of when they do leave in the morning, it's really quiet. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Like, and, and you, I don't want to miss the right. that little bit of activity in the morning. I mean, this is this morning is when we picked out our horror movie. That's right. Um, no country for old men. And then my one of the many things I hope I do for you is when we are lying in bed, I will just rub your your back. back. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely. And, and it's interesting that I would just call connection. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you're not, cause when I think about bids and yeah, I love bid, that, by bid the way, is like an invi- like in, in, in back and forth. Bid is an invitation. Correct. Whereas when I'm rubbing your back, I just want you to know that I'm, I'm here with you and we're right. connected. That's all. Right. And, and in a way it doesn't like these, it's just such an interesting conversation because sometimes it's just nice to not, it's kind of like being in the car with my mom. Sometimes it's nice to just be with someone and not feel like you have to do a bunch of like, thank you, thank you. you as a person are sometimes wired to think, okay, he's rubbing my back. Does he want me to rub his back? Or is there some type of reciprocation? reciprocation? Yeah. And it's not most of the time. Sometimes I want to like connect with you, but some of the times it's like, 
we haven't spent much time together. I just want to rub your back. Right. And, and that's wonderful. And that is a, um, and allowing for, you know, like I was thinking, because with you and I, I would never, I would never push that away because I like that. But some people be like, no, I don't want you to. Yeah. And there's times when I don't want to be touched. Yeah. For sure. I guess so. That's true. And there is, so right in there, I'm acting as if that's like, who would push that away? But there are people who'd be like, don't. So that is a bid for connection that can be. Sweetie, sometimes I like to hug you while falling asleep. Oh my God. That doesn't work out so well. Why not? Because he starts jumping and he hits. He's a hit. He like, you know, the jumps when you're falling asleep and he's like, boom, and he hits me. And I know that it's not literally that. He's jumping and, but I have to be like, you are hurting me. Go to the other side. And so, you know, that is, it's lovely. But here's the problem, Todd. You're like, yeah, I'm going to hug you, Mm -hmm. but you fall asleep in like eight seconds. I know. It's such a wonderful talent of mine. It is because that is not my talent. That's for sure. Um, This is a part from Parks and Rec. Ron, wake up. Ron, wake up. It's Leslie. Oh, God. He's sleep fighting. Any bad dream? No, I suffer from a disorder called sleep fighting. (laughs) Must be terrible. Only when I'm losing. (laughs) Look, I'm freaking out. You totally suffer from sleep fighting. A little sleep fighting action. Okay, so okay, so I know we're finishing up here. Bids for connection, everybody. Go to John Gottman's work, uh, John and Julie Gottman's work. Can we work. link it in the show notes? Yeah, absolutely. I will link to it, and then um, we just we'll keep this conversation because, like I said, I'd really like to have them on the show. So I'm going to do my best um, to That's make all we that can happen. Do. And then, Todd, do you have a favorite fall song? Because don't you feel like songs have a season? Um, no. The, the girls haven't taught you this about Taylor Swift. Oh, somebody's coming on. Is it noon? No, somebody's somebody's late on it. I'll kick them out. Okay. Sorry, Missy, if you're, I gotta ask. We have a Team Zen talk today, everybody. Yeah, she left. So you know what? I'm gonna have to do the fall song later because we have a Team Zen talk today. That's right. Um, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so one last thing I'll say about Bids for Connection, it's why AirPods can cause a lot of arguments. Because Truth. when you put in AirPods, am I saying the right thing? Yeah. I would say EarPods or AirPods. It shuts off any bid for connection. For sure. And so even though I love them, yeah. oh my God, I love them. But if somebody walks in the kitchen, I take them out. And if and if Todd and I are, need to have a conversation, like I tried, sometimes I forget I have them in. True. Do you ever forget? Uh, Yeah, of course. So just, you know, consider AirPods your AirPods. Is, is a uh, potential break of connection. Yes. So that's it, hon. I'm good. Oh, okay. Um, so a few things. <clears throat> um, Kathy has a book called Zen Parenting, Parenting for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World. Um, we have the ability to, uh, you have it on Kindle, you have it on Audible, you have it on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Yes, it's everywhere. Um, I have a men's group called Men Living. I'm the executive director. Connect deeply, live fully. Would love to see any men out there. Check it out. Uh, you can uh, connect with us in the show notes. And then finally, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. He does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. And uh, the number is 630-956-1800. Can I say something as the music's playing? Sure. Um, Florida is a very special place for us, um, for my family. I have family members who live there. We both do. And we're there all the time. And I'm just, any Florida listeners who went through this hurricane last weekend and are still dealing with, and will be for a long time, the repercussions, 
Um, we just are sending you love and just want you to know that we are watching and noticing and we are here. Mm. Um, and when I say we, I mean the rest of the country. It's not, we're not ignoring what's happening. Um, it's just... So for people who can, actually, I'll put something in the show notes for relief, mm. um, you know, maybe uh, something, a link that people can donate some money to some good causes um, and to make sure the people of Florida are taken care of and all the other places. I know it hit South Carolina. You know, I'm not quite sure all the devastation yet. We're still figuring it out. But I just wanted to say that and send love. Yep. Keep tracking. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are always grateful for your support. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering Kathy's Zen Parenting book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we will talk to you again next week.